Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. If you've ever struggled with having hope, ever struggle with, will it ever get better? If you've ever struggled with just feeling overwhelmed, feeling weak, feeling unimportant, devalued, um, as if your life lacks significance, I want to remind you that you're not alone. One of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament, the prophet Elijah, a man who literally will not taste death on this earth, but will go out in a chariot of what? A chariot of fire into heaven. This prays and God sends fire from heaven in 1 Kings 18. And then in the very following chapter, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4, he sits down and asks God that he might die because of Queen Jezebel who was threatening his life. And so Elijah is struggling to hope. We come to the New Testament and we hear of a man by the name of John the Baptist, a man who Jesus said there was no one born greater of a woman than John. We see John and hear him proclaim in John 1 and 29, behold, the lamb of who? Of God who takes away the sin of the world. It was John who baptized the Lord Jesus Christ and saw the spirit descend from heaven upon Jesus. It was John who was present at the baptism to hear the father speaking from heaven. Behold, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And yet in Matthew chapter 11, John in prison because he had become an enemy of the state for preaching the gospel, sends this message through his disciples, asks Jesus this question, is he the one? Or should we expect someone else? There is John struggling to have hope. In Acts chapter 27, the apostle Paul is appealed to Caesar, and so he is headed to Rome, and as a prisoner on this ship, In the midst of that travels, he finds himself in the midst of a great storm. And Luke records, after they had not seen sun or stars for many days, verse 20 of Acts 27 says this, that Paul, amongst the others, gave up all hope of being saved. Paul is struggling to have hope. Elijah, John the Baptist, and Paul, three of the greatest names From Scripture, three of the greatest men to ever live and to follow God. And all three have moments of struggling just to have hope. My assumption is that many of you might find yourselves in some type of similar situation. Some of you may even be at the point of Elijah, just ready to die. You're ready to end your life. You're contemplating it, maybe even this morning. Some of you may feel like John, you have spent your life trying to serve God and it feels like instead of things getting better, they've actually gotten worse and you're tempted maybe, it's just time to throw in the towel on faith, close this old book and go back to life that you used to know. Others of you find yourself where Paul did in the midst of a great storm and the storm is raging and consuming so much of your life that that relationship may never get better. This sickness may not end well. This depression, this cloud that follows you 
may feel like Eeyore the rest of your days. It's always raining. And today it may seem like the wise thing to do is just to give up, just to push back on faith, just to go back to life as usual. And that is the very temptation that the people in Isaiah 42 find themselves. They are in exile in Babylon. And the temptation is to believe that it's over for them. Right? They're gone from their homes. They're gone from their land. They're gone from their businesses. They're gone from the temple that's now been destroyed in their place of worship. They're gone from the places their kids used to play. They're gone from everything they know. And my assumption is that many of them have come to the place that maybe you have been or are currently. And it feels like there's no hope. Today, despite the fact that you may want to give up, I want you to realize that there is still hope. Say it with me. There's still hope. Say it with me. There's still hope. Right? I mean, the the psalmist said he had to say to his own soul, Why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Why so weary within me? Hope yet in God. Some of you, you just need to keep speaking this to yourself. There's still hope. Why is there still hope? The people in Babylonian exile will realize there's still hope because the servant is coming. There is hope because the servant is coming. But pick up with me, if you would, verse 1 of the 42nd chapter of the prophet Isaiah. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. And then this, I want to just really just sit and saturate and marinate in verse 3 this morning of Isaiah 42. A bruised reed he will not break. And a faintly burning wick he will not quench he will faithfully bring forth justice this servant who has shown up we're not exactly sure who his identity is not yet at least but we know that he's special he's the servant of the lord we know that god will uphold him we know that he is chosen he is the one in whom god's soul delights so whoever this servant is they are special and then we hear that god is even going to put his spirit upon him Who is this type of servant that has the power to bring forth justice to the nations because no one else has been able to? Many have tried, many have promised, many have stood on platforms and and given that speech and said, if you'll just vote for me or if you'll just follow my way, I'll bring forth the justice that you desire. But none have been able. But this one that's coming will. It says that his approach is not like many. He won't cry aloud. He won't lift up his voice. He won't make it heard in the street. His campaigning, his style is much different than anyone else that has come before him. And then we hear of this meekness and gentleness of the servant. Listen to what it says. A bruised reed, what? A bruised reed, what? He will not break. The reed was used for different purposes, sometimes leaning on and other things that throughout time that they have used it for. But no matter what the case is, we see here is that this bruised reed is damaged. 
It's damaged to an extent that it's no longer useful. Right? It'll no longer produce grain. There's nothing really good about it. It's just to be discarded, thrown to the side, forgotten about, trampled on. But yet we hear something different. This servant that is coming, it says that although everyone else would give up on this reed, although everyone else would give up on your situation, although everyone else may have given up on you, a bruised reed, this servant will not break. Why? Because this servant has the power to heal the broken. There's still hope, beloved. There's still hope, beloved. There's still hope for you, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your coworker, for your friend. There's still hope for the nations. Look what else it says about him. Not only a bruised reed, he will not break, but secondly, it says, and a faintly burning, eh, stop it. And a faintly burning wick, what? He will not quench. I don't know if you've ever had about a point, and maybe you went camping, right? Or, and you walked up and you had a fire and you enjoyed it, but, Maybe overnight you wake back up in the morning and you thought, man, it would be really good to have a hot dog in the morning, right? It's only on camping trips you think things like that, right? Come on, right? And, and this is always what happens, right? You walk back out, get out of your tent, right? And you are, um, you, you are in quite the shape, right? I mean, you just, you look a little disheveled most likely, but you're thinking, man, if I just had that hot dog, it'll fix everything. And then you get out of the tent and what do you see about that fire? Man, it's just holding right there. There's nothing there. Just smoke, ashes. You think, man, great. Now I gotta build another fire. And that's the temptation here, right? This faintly burning wick. It appears this fire's gone. Like that one's, that one's no, there's no more hope for that one. It's useless. Some of you feel that. You feel your life is useless. Right? You feel like maybe there's no hope for you. There's no hope that anything will ever change. Some of you are there. Maybe it's senior adults. And you wonder what use is there for you anymore. Maybe some of you are theirs because retirement has now come and life looks differently for you. The things that once identified you, the things in which you once were part of your DNA and how people related to you and communicated to you, those things have now ended. And you're wondering, is there any use for me? It appears my fire has gone out. I want to be reminded here today as you ask those questions, what good am I to my family? What good am I to the church? What good am I even to the community at large? I want you to hear and know this truth. Jesus says, nobody else sees that little fire in there. But that little light of mine, Jesus can still make it shine. Are you with me? That little light of yours that you may have long since given up on, others have given up on it. Jesus says, I can still make your little light shine. Look what it says there. A faintly burning wick he will not quench. And the question is, how is this servant going to do this? Listen to what the text says. Verse 6. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. The Lord's now speaking to the servant. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. And then this statement right here. I will give you as what? A covenant. For who? For the people, I will give you as a covenant for the people, 
a light for the nations. He says, listen, this servant is going to come and represent the people before God. He's going to take on their bruises. He's going to take on their lamps that have been snuffed out. All of their garbage, all of their shame, all of your bondage and chains and everything in your past that you are ashamed of and wish would disappear. Christ, this servant, is coming and he will be given as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. He is going to bring everyone to God by representing them before God. This servant in the presence of God became your sin that you and I by no righteous work of our own could stand before the holy God sinless without blemish or reproach just as you heard in Colossians 1, 21 and 22 this morning as Brother Todd preached last Sunday. Watch what happens here when this one comes as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. Look what it says here, verse 7, 2. Here's what's going to happen as a result of his coming. Here's what's going to take place. He's going to open the eyes that are blind. There's going to be physical healing. This servant's going to heal physical things that no one else could do. Right? And that's what the man in John 9 says. Who's ever heard of a man that could open the eyes of the blind? Like, nobody can do that. You can't show up at the doctor and get a shot for that. You can't get the right medication to open blind eyes. Only God can do that. This servant is coming to open eyes that are blind. There's physical healing. But look what else, secondly, it says here. He's going to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon. The rule of the wicked will come to an end. To those who are oppressed today. To those who see the oppression throughout the nations in this world. Hear this today. That when this one comes and gives himself as a covenant who dies in their place. This one will bring out prisoners from the darkest of dungeons. From prison to those who sit in darkness. There's a complete transformation of the spiritual condition of the person. The darkest of valleys. The darkest of prisons and pits. The place in which you think now your life could never recover from. The things that you've done. The places that you've been. The things that you've said. The things that you've seen. The things that your hands have touched. You think that that prison is too far gone. And God says, my servant will come and he will take that for him on the cross. That you could be free. That you could be free. To bring you out as a prisoner from the dungeon. And these people are in the midst of Babylonian captivity and it appears hopeless and helpless. And God says, I will redeem you. And I will redeem you by sending the servant. This is only what the servant can do. And because the servant is coming, beloved, listen, there's still hope. Now listen to this. Remember that text and make your way now to Matthew chapter 12. And I want you to hear the second thing is there's still hope because the servant has come. Not only is there hope because the servant is coming according to Isaiah 42. We're going to read in Matthew chapter 12. There's hope because the servant has come. As you make your way to Matthew chapter 12, stop at about verse 9. It's the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a Saturday. And according to their law, Jesus goes into the temple, right? And according to the law there that no one could work on the Sabbath that Saturday. It was a holy day. And Jesus finds himself coming in the temple and... There he's going to encounter a man with a withered hand. 
We don't know how long this paralysis has crippled this man, but whatever the case is, this man has no one to heal him. And not only does he can he not find anyone to heal him, today is the most hopeless of days. Why? Because it's the Sabbath, and even if someone could heal, you can't heal on that day. Some of you feel like your life's just one long continuation of that. Like you, you just wake up every day. It's the most hopeless of days. It's the most helpless of times. It's the saddest of seasons. There appears that there's nobody that can help. And even if they could, they're not going to help you. I mean, you feel that that weight is raining over your life. And that's where this man is with a withered hand. You might say this man is a bruised reed. Or a smeltering wick. You might think that this man has no hope. But could I whisper to you? The servant's coming. The servant's coming. Listen. They asked Jesus as he walks in the synagogue there on that Saturday. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So that they might accuse him. Right? They're trying to trap Jesus. He said to them, which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Did you hear that? Verse 12. This is significant. There's a man here who has a withered hand and everyone considers him hopeless and helpless. Maybe even considers himself that way. And listen to what Jesus says. This is beautiful. Of how much, look what he says here. More value is a man than a sheep. Jesus sees that there is value in this person when no one else sees it. Maybe when he can't even see it in himself. Jesus says, I want you to know this person is valuable. How valuable? So valuable that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That if you would believe in him, if you would believe in him this morning, you shall not what? perish but have what everlasting life that's how much value is in your life you wonder how valuable am i am i i don't seem to make any difference nobody seems to notice me it's almost as if i'm invisible everywhere i go i feel like a ghost why am i even here my life would just be better if it was over you here this morning jesus says to the man who is bruised i see you i see you I've not forgotten you. You have value. So watch what plays out. Verse 13 of Matthew chapter 12. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out and it was restored healthy like the other. Healing for a bruised reed right there. That's healing for a bruised reed. That's this this one that's coming. You say, Okay, so I'm with you. That's awesome, right? And Jesus is a servant. But like, it seems like a leap a little bit, like a stretch. Like, how are you connecting this to Isaiah 42? I'm not making the connection. Matthew does. Watch this. This is awesome. Right here. Strap in for this. This is so awesome. Verse 15. Jesus aware of this withdrew from there, right? He thinks, he knows. They're trying to kill him. Jesse boys, that bottle of water better not make its way to the ground again. Last warning. And many followed him, and he healed them all and ordered them not to make him known. Listen to that. And many followed him, and he healed them all and ordered them not to make him known. Listen why. Why is Jesus doing this? Listen to what Matthew says. This was to fulfill 
what was spoken by who? The prophet Isaiah. Well, what did the prophet Isaiah say? What connection is there, right? Jesus is, listen, he's healing everyone. He, he's, he's showing himself to be the servant. And listen to what Matthew says. This is a fulfillment. This Jesus, what he's doing. Listen to what, who he says he is. Behold, my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. <clears throat> I gotta stop for a minute. I'm such a bruised reed as a potter. Yelling my kids over water bottles. I struggle with self control. I'm often quick tempered. I'm easily angered. Hey, so you're being too hard on yourself. Here's the danger for, for me and you. Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3 warns that that's not the lifestyle of a pastor, of an elder. Those things disqualify him. This bruise reed needs health this morning. Sometimes I wonder if it's over for me. If I'll ever change. What a jerk I am. I don't want to be that kind of father. I'm finished. I know. If you're a Bruce Reed this morning and you need to be changed like me, I invite you to come. Maybe you're a smeltering wick and you feel like there's no hope for you. Maybe you'd come this morning. And just say, God, would you change me? I want to be different. I don't want to be this person anymore. If you're weak like me, would you come and pray? Ask God to change you. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. 
In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.